Ryan, Tony, and Chris We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great. But if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the Chinwits. Chinwits. That's right, man. Welcome to the Gym Woods Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, a.k.a. Chef Sonic. And I'm Tony Marinucci, a.k.a. Tips with Tony, a registered dietitian. And we are the Gym Woods. So I'm, I'm in quarantine mode again. Um, I mean, not that we all aren't, but I came from California. And as you guys probably know, like New York is very strict when it comes to um, you know, traveling from um, states that have high, you know, high numbers. Um, and so like, we had to fill out this form um, and share our address and phone number. And I've already been contacted by some, uh, someone to, to say, you know, make sure you're staying in your apartment. If you can't, you know, um, can't uh, distance from people in your home. We'll even get you a hotel room. So they're being you're pretty serious about wow. making sure that you're not. Uh... Depends what hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, I do well, know. I, I guess I heard the seasons. Up, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's like I'd ra- rather be home. I, mean, I got to deal with my dogs. Um, too much to do. It would be nice. Um, but uh, I think I think I'm good staying at home and just trying to quarantine and, and you know hopefully I didn't catch anything because like I was I flew um American and uh they are not concerned with uh <laughs> not too concerned with safety um you know everybody has to wear a mask but you know it was a packed flight um and a little concerning that is, that's real um, concerning did, did you also concerning yeah. did you hear about those um the the like all the airplanes that had had um like engine failures and things like that because they they no. um I, I don't don't quote me on the exact science of what happens to the airplanes but basically because they were shut away in a you know in, you know in the in a hangar for long periods of time without being used like the, the like the engines were shutting down or like something was happening mechanically um that that made things really dangerous and it, i think some of them happened in flight no one was hurt but it you know that it could have been catastrophic so yeah, now, that, and they're just realizing now. Oh, wait a minute! If if planes sit for months on end without being used, you know, there's there, there's problems with that. So, good yeah, time to I did good time to figure it out right <laughs> while it's in the air. Yeah, I uh, yeah, did not hear about that. that sounds <laughs> it's good terrifying. that you, you heard about it after you took the flight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. So, thankfully, the flight itself was fine. It was just like, um, they you know, it was just being on a plane with a bunch of people. Yeah, of course. And um, you know, it's yeah, it's like don't need to be sitting next to so many people but I, you know i get that the airline industry is struggling but you know i think they, they also had years and years of record profits so it's like you know you got to suck it up a little bit and yeah yeah you know deal with <laughs> keep people safe yeah but of course i made it um i don't think i'm sick uh, i've been back for about a week uh so hopefully you know hopefully didn't, didn't catch it yeah um how have you guys been good yeah um things are good yeah, things are pretty good. Um, I ha- I I had a, uh, a a nice COVID moment where uh, I stepped on my on the scale and I weighed a hundred two hundred and two pounds, which is the most I've ever weighed. Right, so like I, I I've I haven't been eating terrible, but I've, I I just haven't been active and probably have been eating a little more than I need to. And so, you've also been traveling a lot, like back yeah, and yeah. forth from there to New York yeah. and New Jersey and. Yeah, so now I'm down in Nashville. Actually, started really 
sort of eating less and eating pretty healthy and actually been very good. And I've already dropped, a, I've already dropped a few. I can see the difference already just mm -hmm. because, you know, I was, that's just what happens when, you know, you get back to homeostasis, but, um, and I've started yeah. doing some exercise again. And my body is, just, it's just, it's just tough. Like when you're, you know, when you're sort of stuck somewhere, you haven't been exercising and eating great, but I've already, I'm, I've, I've kicked it up a notch now. So I'm doing yeah. pretty good. Doing a little good. intention setting goes a really long way. Of course, yeah, you yeah. have to follow through with the intention, but you know, the littlest things make a big difference. So oh, that's yeah. great that you, no, you're doing sure. something about it. Yeah, it's happening. It'll. I'll, I'll get back to normal once. Once. Once life is more normal. So. That, well, don't wait for that. That is the. the please, yeah. no. Nobody. Everybody listening. There's no normal coming. Stop so, waiting sorry, for normal me, to happen. Let, let me. Let me. Create let me your new normal. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Sorry. <laughs> let me. Let me. Let me reiterate that. I don't mean like when COVID and everything is done. I mean when I'm in a sort of in a in a space where I have where I can just, you know prepare my own food and mm -hmm. not travel and not be just crazy the whole time so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't about like yeah no like normal I mean like now is normal because I'm in my space I can prepare my right. own food I have time I can exercise mm -hmm. I can do all the things I need to do. sorry I that's yeah. yes I, I just want to clarify yeah no yes, but that, very no, but important definitely too but then also too to recognize like you were in a transitional phase and so to you know it's unrealistic to make you know be able to prioritize your nutrition and your fitness and I could have done better though I mean maybe yeah maybe looking back now you can see that but at the same time there is a time and place for everything yeah and so, so you got to make the most of it now that I'm yeah. it's a little more steady now I could now make the most of this time you know instead of just saying oh well you know we'll find an excuse not to mm-hmm so, mm -hmm. yeah. I've been doing well with the the intermittent fasting. Um, like I've been oh, very wow. strict with it, but I, I think I talked about it last time that I'd started doing it. What I what I found is, so if I I do it's just a sixteen hour fast. It's really, it's like not it's not that not bad. But what I what I found is that so I finish eating at eight. So I do like twelve to eight. My the hardest time for me is actually at ten p.m. So two hours after I'm done with my last meal is actually the hardest because I'm my I'm so used to the habit of eating. But then by the time I get to the next morning, I could, I could almost go past, like, I'm not even thinking, sometimes I have to remind myself, oh, it's, it's noon, I got to eat. Mm. Um, and so that's been much easier. And I, I, and I definitely find, like, I feel a lot better when I'm doing it, just, like, physically, because I'm not, I tend to overeat, like, when I, like, in, if I'm just not doing anything, I tend to kind of, not overeat, but compulsively eat. Like, if I'm just, like, I mean, we're not doing this as much because I don't go into the city as much, but if I'm you know, waiting around for Absolutely. something, I might just grab something or, you know, at night, you know, I'll just grab like a midnight snack or whatever. And so I find that the, the benefit of it, like, you know, there's varying ideas on, you know, as, as Tony can probably speak to more on, on whether or not how effective intermittent fasting is, but I definitely find for me, it, it helps with my compulsive eating. Um, and I feel less because the window is so small for me to eat, I feel less inclined to eat things that are not good for me sure. because when I do make choices, like I'm, I'm full. And then again, you know, and then it's like, oh crap, it's, I got to eat dinner. It's eight o'clock, you know? And so I'm not making, I'm not too hungry for whatever reason. When I, when I get to my noon meal, I'm not so ravenous that I have, I'm going to pig out. But then when I get to my last meal, I'm, I'm not super hungry. So I just make better choices. So I've mm. just found it, it's, it's done a good job for me of regulating. So whatever, regardless of the science and, and how effective it is, um, you know, at, at increasing your metabolism or dealing with insulin levels or whatever, like I just find it, it's for my, for personally, it's helped me control my kind of bad habits. Yeah, that, uh, yep, that's a, a big part of it. I've been doing the same thing about basically one to eight, one to nine. So a similar 
a sort of similar thing. It, it works. Could you, Ryan, you think you could push it till one o'clock and, and push your hour? You're just not comfortable doing that. I mean, I probably could, but I don't, I don't see, don't a, see a major, major benefit, benefit doing okay. that. Cause the other, the, the big, the two main issues I'm having. So the, the main issues I'm having, I would say with it, and not even really issues, but for me, the, the problem is I have to then regulate my food. Cause I'm finding, okay, I'm, I'm definitely getting enough calories cause I'm not hungry. Um, I don't feel like I'm depriving myself um, throughout the, but I find that I also need to be careful of the timing. So like if I eat my last meal, at, cause this happened a couple of times, right? I had a meal, like I had dinner at like six 30 and I totally forgot that I was doing intermittent fasting. And then by like 10 30, that night I was really hungry because I, I, because now instead of, and I'm like, well, I can't eat now it's past eight. So I find that I have to eat that meal at eight o'clock. Um, that will keep me over for the next day, you know, until the next day. So I have to have that meal. Um, but then if I eat, if I start eating too late, it's going to mess with my, I'm not going to be hungry late, you know, to have a decent meal for dinner. So I just have to be very careful about like, I eat, you know, I have breakfast at, you know, at noon, I'll have like lunch at, you know, two or three, and then I'll have my dinner at eight o'clock or around, you know, thereabouts. And that if I regulate that, it seems to control my hunger. But if I don't keep that regulated, that's where I can have, pro I run into problems. Whatever works, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, whatever. So, uh, so you've been, you were texting us all week. Um, uh, uh, your uh, your grocery shopping. Why don't you talk, tell us about so, that? So nothing that we haven't covered before, but I found something very interesting that I was uh, I was shopping and uh, for groceries, and I needed to pick up a few things. And I was like, "Where is it?" Oh, I was like, "Oh, that's right. They would probably put this in the that the special part of the grocery store." Now, granted, for some people that have smaller grocery stores, this section isn't going to exist. But in very large grocery stores, such as the Kroger that I go to, they're going to have sections like this. So probably not as much in cities where, where these places are, are smaller, especially in New York City. But if you live in the suburbs or near you know, shopping centers that have these mega supermarkets, then they're going to have these sections. And not to mention the fact that there's some you might just find these in, in stores that are sort of health food store type places. So I was, uh, I was, I picked up a couple things and I was looking at the items that they were selling. Um, uh, first off is that they were selling a lot, lots of junk food, right? Chips and, and cookies and, and cake type things that were more expensive than the cheaper brands found in, in like the junk food aisle. Um, but they were the, 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 same, the same nutritional value. It's, they're cookies the same way and, or, 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 or chips or cake or, or whatever it is. And they were, had fancier packaging and maybe they had a, have slightly less preservatives or, or something like that. Um, but they're sort of being branded as, you know, they, they're in the sort of green or organic or healthier section. So one might believe that these are healthier than eating the, you know, the chips or the cookies that are in the, in the regular part of the store, but they're, you know, well, Tony will speak to that. And then, um, and then there's one more thing. They, they sold a lot, uh, well, actually a bunch of things, but I'll, I'll keep it, I'll keep it small. So they were selling lots of um, standard, uh, you know, standard grocery items like milk or yogurt. And if you look at the ingredients, the, the, the ingredients in the milk was milk, and right? And if you went to the other part of the store, the ingredients in the milk there was milk, or yogurt was, you know, milk. 
And so they were selling the same product, only like you have a, like what's the, um, what's, what's like a, a brand of uh, a dairy brand that, that, you know, is super expensive, um, I guess, it, it, and I don't want to make this a discussion about organic or, or not, or GMO, it's not, that's not the point of mm-hmm. this, that's a separate discussion, but um, I, for, I forgot the name of it, but there, it's the same, you know, the, the same, there was lots of fancier brands, and I looked at the ingredients, and they were the same ingredients, and not, and some of them weren't even organic, mm-hmm. so only the, one of the yogurts, um, or the Greek yogurt that they were selling was six dollars for whatever the size was, and then the other and the other part of the store, the same ingredients was three dollars. Mm-hmm. So and it's but and but one is made to look healthier, but I mean, really, is there that much of a difference? All right, I'll I'll let you. And the, you know, there's tons of other stuff, and I know there are some healthy items. There's you, that's where you could find t- tofu, and and if you do want organic stuff, that's probably where it's going to be. Although. One more thing. They have organic food in or non-GMO food in the regular parts of the supermarket as well with the not as healthy brands that are, are organic. And not, they, some of the, the regular brands sell organic or natural, like peanut butter, for instance. So, all right, Tony, you can speak to this. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like we've definitely have covered this in previous um, podcasts. I think that the halo effect, I think we did a whole podcast yes, about yes. that, which was really great. And then That's the it. more recent one, we talked about just like all these like buzzwords and terms and stuff. Um, so for those who don't know, I was a supermarket registered dietitian for four years. So I know the supermarket very, very well. And I know those aisles that Justin's talking about where they are natural, gluten-free, organic. And so if you are someone who has celiac disease and you're looking for something that's gluten-free, it's actually a really great place to go because it's pretty much streamlined. Um, or if you're someone who prefers to purchase organic, it's also a nice place to go. But in general, that does not mean the food is healthier. And very often, yes, Justin, you're right. It is a marketing thing. So they just charge more. And some people prefer that because they like certain brands. Other people might just be falling for false advertisement. Um, But unfortunately, it is very common that you will find very similar products in two separate aisles and one's marketed as healthier and the other one is not. And so therefore they are double the price. So when I used to work in a supermarket, although I would go down that aisle because there are some things that I could find like popcorn, for example, you could also find popcorn in another aisle and some that are just as healthy, right? So I would find, I, I would basically not just go down that aisle. I would show people products from all over based off what their budget was, based off what their preferences were. Um, and yeah, you have to really be able to read between the lines and really look through. Um, to, to justify higher price, like foods that are certified organic, they do have to pay for that stamp and for, to do it for that processing. So that's why they can justify charging a little bit more. Um, and then if something has less preservatives, then it's going to spoil faster. Um, so therefore they can charge a little bit more for that. But in general, like if it is something like chips or cookies, we're not, even whether it's like a, um, natural, gluten-free, organic, or even healthier option. Those are still foods we want to be having in moderate amounts. We really want to be having a bulk of our items coming from those whole foods that are in the outer perimeters of the grocery store, not really down those aisles. Um, So it's really, to me, it's like irrelevant where you choose to shop. I rather have, I rather you have more money in your pockets that you can spend it on other things. That's what I always teach people. So, 
Well said. I, I, I'm, and I know, Ryan, you have, have a study, but I'm going to mention a, a study and um, it, it's, it's sort of, I'm going to mention it indirectly because I heard it on a podcast. I heard, and I'll, I'll quote it. I heard it on the podcast called Business Wars, so I'm not stealing it. And I believe it was a study done by um, General Mills. And they were looking at, uh, as the 2000s continue, you know, as we got further into the 2000s, they noticed that, uh, all, that um, alternative brand cereals were becoming more and more popular um, and that a lot of cereals, uh, that they, the sugary cereals were in decline, but not 100%, right? They actually found out that one of their cereals, Tricks, was selling at an all-time high or not at all, but like a little bit, maybe at an all-time high or, or very, it was still sell, was selling very well. And they were like, wait, what's going on here? And they did, and, and, and through market research, they determined that a lot of the people that were purchasing healthier foods and having healthier options, like something like a, um, a, a parfait for breakfast or eating vegan stuff at, at one part of the day, at night would often have something like tricks as a treat for themselves. And they were finding that it was adults that were doing this. Mm. So that they were finding that the same people that were purchasing so-called healthier options were also purchasing the not healthy options. And it was the same demographic of people. And they found that consumers are very fickle that way. And I found that to be a, a fascinating statistic that they came up with. Yeah, I think that also does screw people up a little bit because they'll, even if they buy like a healthier item, they don't realize that it's to replace the less healthy one. And instead it's just, they're, they're adding more to it. So it's not going to like, it's still going to impact their health in a better way, but really it's realistically, we need to also, we need, it needs to be more replaced rather than just added in. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. Just thought it was um, and that's a good point with the that, cereal in that aisle that we were talking about, like the natural gluten-free organic aisle, there's like a lot of like advertised healthier cereals, but they still have like a lot, a lot of sugar. Lot of and sugar it's like, so they're made with whole grains, but they have a lot of sugar. Sure, sure. So it's like, yeah, you're getting a little fiber. That's great. But it's really not gonna, you know, you're still probably gonna have that sugar high and that crash later. And um, it's not going to be good for you. And like, it's not going to be as filling as just plain oats that you add like fresh berries to and some nut, nut butters and stuff like that. Sure. I just wonder why tricks, like I don't, tricks was never my yeah, favorite what, cereal. Yeah. Agree. Like, like Captain Crunch or, or um, uh, Frosted Flakes. Lucky Charms. Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. <laughs> um, Apple Jacks. Yeah, yeah. But tricks. I think just, it was just randomly. Yeah. And I hope I got the cereal right. Cinnamon checks, guys. Just saying. <laughs> I never Those loved so cereal. Good. I love cereal as a kid. Oh, you like oh cereal? Uh, I know. Yeah. No, my favorite. I, I, yeah, I don't. I just never eat it. The, the only cereal that I have, the cold cereal that I keep in the house, is uh, is unsweetened shredded wheat. So I'll eat no, that. Good for you. I'll eat that on on, a, on occasion, and I'll add a little sugar to it. But that's what I. That's generally what I keep if I have anything. So mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So speaking of studies, so we do have an interesting study. Um. So I will say, take this with a humongous grain of salt um, for, for a number of reasons, which, which I'll explain. But um, so it comes out of the University of Bath. Um, and basically, the, it's looking at like occasional overindulgence and what kind of effect it has on the body. 
So the first thing I'll say is there really haven't been a lot of studies on this, like to see, you know, what, what effect does like the quote cheat meal have, um, you know, on the body or kind of that, you know, taking that, you know, that bad meal. Um, so, you know, kind of keep this in mind. There's not many studies. This particular study was done health, healthy men between the ages of 22 and 37. So again, huge grain of salt, because that's probably, you know, not going to be a significant part of the demographic listening to this, or, or, or that may be, you know, impacted by it. So just kind of right off the bat, lots of grains of salt. Um, but the, what they were looking at, though, was basically giving, so they wanted to see, like, if you do a humongous intake of calories, um, what effect does it have on you immediately after? So again, it's very limited. Um, we're not looking at long-term effects. We're not looking at things dealing with maybe, you know, necessarily dealing with like motivation and, and, and maybe relapsing um, if you are, you know, eating better. But whatever the case is, um, they had an average of 3,000 calories in the meal. So it would be the equivalent to one and a half pie, pizza pies. Um, some had a little more, some had a little less, but that came out to the average that in this meal, they had 3,000 calories. Um, so what they found was that immediately after the meal, their blood glucose was no higher than usual. Um, again, immediately after, they found insulin in the blood was higher than normal, but but not that much. Um, they also found that blood lipids were slightly higher than usual. Um, what they did find was that the hormones released um, by the gut to stimulate insulin secretion and feelings of fullness did increase um, sig fairly significantly. Um, and then the other finding was that kind of four after hours after eating, they were still full with no desire for sweets, which they actually found, um, researchers found that part surprising because um, even, even if you're full, like the, the reward center of the brain should have been kind of lit up. And so you should want more food. But I think from experience, whenever I have done, like when we go to the all you can eat steakhouse, yeah. I'm certainly not hungry for four to eight hours after eating sure, that much sure. food. Um, but yeah, again, it could, I just found it kind of interesting. I thought maybe, maybe Tony, you might have something to say, um, you know, to, to add to that or not. But, um, but I just thought it was interesting about that, you know, that Actually, it was more interesting that we really don't know a lot about kind of the effects of the the cheat meal or that kind of massive overindulgence. Well, what is occasionally? What is? What do you mean by that? Oh well, no. This, this, so again, there's nothing here. Like so. So and, and that was more the title. Um, so and, and that you know, that and that that's what it's looking at. So again, this is something that really wasn't repeated. They weren't looking at um, how the, you know do you do it every week? Do you do it every month? So it's very very little very little included here was more like what happens after this one meal um how does the well body if anything i think it just goes to show that one meal doesn't make or break the diet so which is why we need to you know which is why people unfortunately what they do i mean this might be helpful for people because usually what they do think is like oh i screwed up i already overweight ate i may as well keep eating or i may as well quote unquote start tomorrow but they never start tomorrow and then it just continues to be unhealthy habits but it really depends on like the mindset behind that person consuming yeah. that meal and like what their thought process is you know i i recently have i mean i've shifted a lot a lot of the people i work with now struggle with binge eating so i would never support something like encouraging someone to actually do that when we're trying to get them away from that um, you know, but if anything, I hope it just shows to people to realize like, okay, if it happens, it happens, just move on. Cause obviously your, your blood sugars and all that, although it's affected, it's not going to be, it's actually going to dramatically change or impact your health. But if you repeat that over time, then likely it's going to impact not just your physical health, but your mental health as well. Yeah. So 
I have a, a couple questions. I don't know if they, they mentioned anything. First off, did they mention what the, the cheat, what the, oh, and or first, and the, well, first off, before, the, I have a, actually, a, it, it's a little confusing with the, the concept of a cheat meal and then overindulgence. I, I see them as two yeah. different things. Like one, you, you could say, all right, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have my favorite meal. I'm going to have a, a, a bacon cheeseburger and fries, and that's going to be my quote unquote cheat meal, but it's still going to be my meal, and that's not going to equal 3,000 calories, right? Maybe it's maybe if you may, oh, oh sorry i just got something me too running out of time remove the 40 minute okay thanks zoom okay yeah thanks zoom. <laughs> i i pay for zoom so we should never yeah, yeah, have yeah, a time yeah. limit yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, so just having a, a quote unquote normal cheat meal doesn't sound like. And I hate that like, word cheat so I hate bad. It too. I hate it's it just, so much. It's I, like, it's I don't not. See that as, yeah. yeah. I also don't see that as overindulgence. Like, that was your, you ate a less healthy meal, but you're not necessarily overindulging. Overindulging, right. I see, is real. Is, is like eating 3,000 calories is, for most people, is, is not easy. But all right, that's the point of the study, regardless. Then the, the second part to it is I'm, I'm just wondering did it mention what the meal consisted of because you you I, I think it was pizza oh it was just lots and lots, it was of, lots pizza. of pie and a half of pizza <laughs> yeah. okay so well look that would I, I get because I was wondering you know if it was really I mean, carb I, heavy but it it's got fat like in there yeah I, I can't imagine you, you feeling very well because you mentioned the Brazilian steakhouse that, that would we would go to but you're eating a lot of fat there and and, and protein is, is why you probably not hungry but if it was a meal that was stacked with carbohydrates four hours later who knows how you might feel so mm -hmm. but if it was pizza i guess there's a lot of cheese Ugh, man you know that sounds I made the mistake of eating a pie and terrible. a half i don't feel good <laughs> it that also depends what type of like pie a don't big stomach ache yeah. and that's how good the pizza fatigue is it's like, it's like Tafaris yeah. pizza then that's it's way different than like saying Domino's or something like that and the, my face the sodium the, the puffy face Ugh, my yeah, feet yeah, would yeah. be swollen my hands everything <laughs> a lot of pizza it just does not sound enjoyable <laughs> yeah all right. So uh, the main thing we're going to talk about today um, was some of the benefits of um, exercising with the family. Um, and actually, like, like for me, I had to I have, have a presentation for work um, and this was part of it. And I thought, you know, this would be a good topic to just talk about. Um, kind of we're in a situation now where a lot of us are are home all day with the family all day. And um, if anything, this is, you know, of all the many negative aspects of it, um, one positive is you are spending time with the family. Uh, no, it can be positive or negative, depending on how you look at it. But incorporating fitness and exercise with the family um, kind of unit um, could bring along a lot of benefits that if you're not already taking advantage of it, I would definitely encourage you to if you are, you know, at home with the family. Um, so, you know, there are a few things. So I want to talk about some of the benefits of it, um, maybe how to go about it, and, and some ideas on things you might be able to, you know, to do with the family. So, you know, one, one really good benefit, I think, of exercising as a group um, is it, it helps to model good behavior. So I think for a lot of, you know, our generation, you know, I think we're, you know, we, I, although we also, we've talked about this before that we see, you know, exercise is kind of, you know, it's, it's seen as its own, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, it's, it's not, 
it, it's not seen as something that just is is incorporated into part of your life. It's just something you do, but it's like almost like a job that you have to get it. You have to you have to do it. You have to achieve it. You have to work towards it. And so by starting kids young as just exercise being just a part of their routine, I think it helps to model that as as a healthy thing that you should you just do. You know, it's not that oh crap, I have to get to the gym. It's just oh, it's part of my life. It's what I do. You know, and and it comes in so many forms. So it can be in the gym. It can be outdoors. It can be active. You know, doing it through various activities, but just I think one of the benefits of doing it with the family and with the kids is that they see the you know proper behavior, proper approach to exercise, um, and that you're not there's not a love hate relationship with it, but more like this is just something we do. It's part of my life, and then you can take it wherever you want. You know, if you see exercise as just it's something that's an aspect of my life that I have that it's just it's like eating, and then you just make the decisions on what foods to eat. It's the same thing with exercise. Like you know, you just exercise as part of your life. You decide what form it will take, but that it's just part of your life. Um, it, it just, just sorry to, another, just, to, just yeah. to chime in on that. It, no, no. It, it was just it's just funny how um, grow how uh, when we were in uh, you know junior high school and high school even into college that there there was uh, especially in high school I felt that there was a lot of cynicism towards exercise. Right. That I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but I would tell people, oh, you know, I'm going to the gym or something like that. And they would sort of like like snicker at it. Be like, you're going to the gym. Why would you want to waste your time doing that? And and even then, I just I had this, you know, because we always played sports and, you know, we were into that culture. And I just even at that young age, I felt like this is a good thing to do long term. And it's like, oh, it's easy for you now when you're 16 you know, in your metabolism and you can eat anything and you'll be fine, you know, and you won't gain a pound, but, but wait, wait, just, just you wait. So I just knew that it would be a, um, you know, I, I, we had, we had that, that belief and plus we enjoyed it, but I, I don't know if you guys ever experienced that cynicism and I get, and where it yeah. comes from. And it sort of ties in with, if you had grown up with it being a good thing, a normal thing, then maybe people wouldn't have had that. Well, I think the thing, the thing with exercise uh, and what I, what I was trying to describe or explain earlier is it, it's usually looked at as a means to an yeah. end, which, which it is. So it's, it's always kind of a means to an end to, to staying healthy. But I think that when we think about it, we're always thinking about it as I have a goal. Like I've got to, you know, I have to, you know, I'm exercising because I need to reach a certain goal physically, um, you know, and, and the more we can kind of um, uncouple that or decouple it, uh, the better, because I think it's just I exercise because it's good for my health, yeah. and I think that at it's a, a good baseline, goal. exercise, you know, exercise should just be a part of your life as a baseline because we live lives that are fairly sedentary, yeah. and we don't uh, just the nature of our lives do not have us act generally active enough, and so we need to exercise, you know, for that. And so the more we think about exercise as it's just it's baseline always there, and then yeah, if I want if I have a goal, I can then steer it in a different direction. Maybe I do more weight training, or I do more cardio, or I'm playing sports. So you can play around with how you do it, but that as a baseline, it's always there. And I think that's one important thing to teach young kids is that it's just part of life. And, and the problem with the past when we were young is I think most people saw it as, oh, well, what, you want to look like a bodybuilder yeah, or yeah. You, you're training for something? You know, it was always like if you're exercising, you're exercising for something rather than just, I'm, you know, exercising because I just want to stay healthy. So sure. I think it's important to teach kids early that, you know, it, exercise is a part of life. It's not, you know, it's not always going to be a direct means to, sure. you know, it's, it's just. There. Yeah, I feel like growing up, it's either you played sports, you danced, or you, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't move your body, you didn't exercise, you yeah. were maybe in theater or, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it wasn't yeah. ever taught to just exercise. It was, it was like, 
just if you played sports then you exercised and it was like in season yeah exactly and then actually so then kind of staying on that um as far as what kid you know if you you either you know for kids it's like you you either play sports dance or you're you're not and generally they're on their screens and Mm -hmm. so i think a really good important part of exercising you know with the family is getting them off the screens and i think it's important that when you're exercising if you're going to do it um and this kind of goes a little bit towards like the you know how to plan it it should be screen free so you know you want to keep the kids away from the screens um there's too much time on it especially now where we have to quarantine and um shelter in place and so there's really limited opportunities for kids to get outside as it is and interact with people so especially with this it kind of keeps them a little bit away from the screens which you know seems to be such a massive part of um, their life so you don't like the Um, idea of, of like the family gathering around the uh uh, you know, like the, the, the Roku and, and slipping on an exercise video or some fun and everyone doing it together. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> In that way, you can't fun. Um, you know, so another benefit is it just kind of gives you common ground to talk about things. You know, if you think about, you know, uh, every family is different. I know families where, where the parents and kids are super close and can talk about anything. And I know families where, you know, they're very, not very close at all and, and have very little to talk about. But at a minimum, again, it gives you something, some common ground, you know, something to talk about, whether it's the type of exercise you're doing, um, how well you're doing, things you can do better, you know, changes, how you feel. It does give you some kind of common ground so that everybody can kind of talk about it. Um, and then kind of a- adding kind of attached to that is just bonding. It's great bonding time. So again, every family is different, but if you do find that you have a hard time really connecting with your kids or bonding with your kids, um, exercise is a great way to do it. Um, cause you're all doing it. Um, it, you know, the, you releases the endor- endorphins, it helps with, you know, mood, it helps with emotional well being, And so, it, you know, it will help the kids to open up because again, you have some kind of a gom- common ground. So, um, it's really great. It'll also help them fall asleep at night. that's a a great benefit like Um, kids will stay up forever and ever and ever unless you make them tired (laughs) just an interesting sort of thing to 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 piggyback off of that um i feel that when when i and when i was a kid we would see parents uh and their and their kids generally a dad but sometimes a mom too you know throwing ball with their you know son or daughter it it, um in the park and i felt like as i got older and as we I started seeing a lot less of that probably because of just the lifestyle change phone, you know, the screens, phones and everything. But during the, during the cove, I've noticed that a lot more parents um, have been out with their, with their kids doing stuff like throwing a ball in the park, because it's one of the few things that, that people could do. They could go to the park. So I actually started seeing a lot more of just, you could tell that the parents were walking to and from the park with doing some sort of exercise with their kid. And I found that interesting that, and maybe it was just my perspective on it, but I noticed it a lot more when I was in, when I was in New York and I, I, maybe it's just a spike. And when people go back to work and whatnot, you're going to see less of it again. But I just found that interesting that I started noticing more of that. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed it as well. I saw like, I see a lot of people in the park, you know, kicking soccer balls around with the kids and um, yeah, definitely is. Uh, you know, one of the few good things about the pandemic. My concern is yes. when the weather's not good anymore, though. Very yeah. true. That, that's a problem. Well, so that's the thing is that as far as this is concerned, you can always do things indoors. There's an always, there are options, but yeah, it's a little bit hard. You're limited in the activities um, when, when the weather does change. Um, although, you know, maybe not, you buy some skates <laughs> uh, if you're in a really cold area or, you know, you, fight, you do some cold weather activities, but, um, but, uh, but there's always something to do. 
Um, so another thing it does, especially so if you do have kids that don't play sports, um, I think one of the benefits of sports is you really learn teamwork and you learn how to operate as a team, you learn how to work with other people, you learn how to problem solve. And so certain, depending on the activity or what you do, if again, if you're exercising as a family, I think it does teach teamwork and kind of teaches people to collaborate and work together. Um, so especially, you know, especially with uh, kids that are not, um, you know, as active in playing sports, um, it's a great way to develop that um, in kids. Um, and then, you know, th and then these last, so again, kind of work together but it as i mentioned earlier it helps with emotional well-being and helps with managing stress it helps with self-esteem so these are all kind of um kind of psychological benefits um to the kids exercising and then working together as a family especially if you're positive and encouraging and um also as a side benefit it, it also helps with academic performance um so you know there are plenty of studies showing that that exercise can help with academic performance um in kids so and and you know with developing cognitive um capacity and especially with the developing brain um it's really beneficial so you know again especially if you have kids that are not as active um it's a great thing to do and i think exercising as a family um you know has loads of benefits so these are kind of some of the some of the you know the the main ones anything that you guys can think of any benefits that i didn't touch um, on self-esteem yep absolutely yeah just um oh and uh <laughs> it's surprising you that um I don't even know if you mentioned it, but just being in, in uh, being better physically health, in better physical health. Like that seems like you didn't yeah. even mention that part, but right? well, yeah, but it's like, it does. And, that, and just because you're a kid doesn't mean you can't be in better shape. Right. Yeah. yeah well, and then like kind of going off of that, like the sooner you start to develop like your muscle mass and you start to actually strengthen your muscle mass, like the, the bigger you're, the more um, like you're going to just have stronger sure. muscles. Like the sooner you start working them, the better it is. Yep. Yep. Basically. So okay, um, I yep. don't know if you were going to get to this or not, but all right, let's let's give let's give a typical scenario right now. You can't. You, right, maybe there is no. Maybe you're in a, a situation. There is no park. You can't go outside, or maybe it's cold outside. The cove is still going on. You have two five-year-olds or in the house, and you have basically you don't have many. Maybe you have a tiny outdoor area, or maybe you have some stairs. Like, how do you get? What are you gonna do? Like, what's what's right, your so little? So let's hold off game? that okay, for okay. a minute. Hold, hold right. off that. For that. <laughs> I yeah. knew you were gonna get yeah. to it. So first thing, so first thing is like, if you're, you know, if to incorporate the family, uh, you know, a couple, you know, things to to kind of think about. Um, if you're gonna, you know, if you want to get the family involved, especially if you if you haven't, is try to find something that's convenient for everybody. You know, so it's got to be, you know, a time when the kids are, you know, obviously are home. Um, you know, obviously, you know, if if they've got like, you know, if they're if they meet up with their friends to play video games at ten o'clock, you know, you don't necessarily want to pull them away from that. You want to find something that is convenient for everybody because you do want to, you want them to enjoy doing it. Sure. And you don't want them to kind of uh, resent you for for bringing them in. Um, you want to try to give them some time to mentally prepare for it. So you don't want to just walk up and say, all right, we're all exercising. Give them a little bit of time. Say, you know, tomorrow at this time, we're going to all get together and exercise. Um, make it fun and enjoyable. So, you know, especially early on, you don't want it, you know, you, you don't want to get kids that haven't exercised and just start throwing them into doing like push-ups and burpees and everything. Like, and if you do, you know, you want, it's got to be done in a way that's fun and engaging for them. If you just throw them into, you know, it being really hard, arduous work, uh, before they're ready for it, then then it might defeat the purpose of, of starting with it. Um, 
try to have goals. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want to touch on that. So you say try to make it fun, but right. Yeah. That is, that, that is not necessarily an intuitive thing. I know for you and, for, and you know, for us, we could like, it's like, if you're, you're positive and you say, all right, now we're going to try to do 10 jumping yeah. jacks. Let's see if we can do it. Oh, like, and, and you put on that. So not everyone has that what, personality or that, uh, you know, that ability. It's kind of like when people would want you to be a drill sergeant. You're like, nope, not me. Yeah. Not going to do it. Right. So when you say so make again, it fun, like, I just can you I know that it's a, it's an esoteric concept but if you could like just maybe just give a, a couple ideas when I get to the different okay. I, like ideas we'll get to that like you know fun, fun I don't mean it like everybody's smiling and laughing and jumping around that's a little bit different what okay. I mean by I mean what I mean by fun is more that they're they're engaged okay. and they're okay. happy they're, they're happy doing what okay. they're doing okay. I don't mean like necessarily that it's got to be you know, you're just dancing, dancing around and everyone's thrilled. thrilled. <laughs> so just like that, that they're not, they don't hate what okay, they're doing. Okay, okay. Um, so okay. that's where I, you know, I'll give you a few okay, ideas okay, of things. Um, so goals are important. So now the goals can vary. It could be very, it could be goals as in like, all right, next week we're all going to do two workouts or it can be, you know, for kids maybe that are more into it. It could be, all right, we're going to shoot for, you know, specific metrics. Like we're going to do X amount of pushups. Um, one great goal is like a step goal. So like, we're going to all, you know, we want to get, you know, X amount of steps. So maybe you do like family walks and you're going to do, you know, 5,000 steps. So goals are good because I think that's something that a lot of kids will latch onto. Um, if they have something tangible, um, I, especially when I've worked with kids, um, in, you know, fitness, they can be nightmares to work with, but if you give them something like that to work with, it tends to keep them motivated and keep their eye on the ball a little bit. So, and again, it, like I said, it could vary a lot. It could be, again, just a matter of like, we're doing two workouts a week. It could be like, we're doing a mountain pushups. We're going to try to, as a family, we're going to, you know, let's say maybe if, if, um, if the family, you know, has weight issues maybe it's like okay as a family we're going to try to lose five pounds next week so you can vary up like the different kinds of goals and, and what you want to work towards but but some kinds of weekly goal or metric um can be useful to kind of keeping everybody engaged so now when it comes to like specific activities i mean there there are tons of activities so i'm you know so i'm going to go over a few that i think are you know are useful and things that will kind of help keep people keep people engaged. So the simplest thing you could do is like an after dinner walk. Um, you know, like you just you, after you eat, you just everybody family gets together and you just go for a nice long walk. And again, you could set it for you know a certain amount of steps. It could be you're going to go a certain distance, but that's kind of a simple activity um, that most people don't do. So first of all, a lot of families don't eat together. So you know, imagine time you you eat together. And you all go for a walk as a family. So it's a simple activity, but um, it'd be surprising how many people don't even get that much. And, and it's something you're doing as a family. Um, another thing you do is like, it, so this could be, it's obviously a lot easier outdoors, but it could totally be done indoors is setting up an obstacle course for the kids okay. um, or for the family. So you, and you use, you know, any number of things you have in the, in the house or apartment, again, the larger the house, larger the yard, the easier it's going to be, but setting up an obstacle course where you've got to jump over things or climb under, crawl under things or climb over things. You, you know, you get to, if, if, if you're tighter space, maybe you set up a circuit. So each station, like, okay, you got to do five burpees at this station. And then you get to this spot and you got to do five pushups. And then you get to another spot and you got to do 20 jumping jacks. So you can kind of set up an obstacle course or a circuit around the house, around the apartment, um, in the backyard where everybody, you know, at each spot, you have something fun or interesting or different to do. And then again, unlimited exercises to choose from when you're doing something like that. So for younger kids, it might be, you know, jumping jacks or, you know, kids like to, kids, like younger kids like to do exercises. Sure. So you can kind mm -hmm. of push them a little bit. Um, and for older kids, you know, you're, you're motivating them with, the, you know, doing real things, real, real, you know, real exercises. So you can play around a lot with it, depending on who's involved, depending on the family, depending on what you have access to, but like an obstacle course or a circuit is a great little thing to do um, to keep people exercising. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, again, hikes and biking are really great, but obviously you need weather and location. So if you can get, you know, do a family bike ride, it's great, but not everybody has access to that. Um, a family hike, again, is another great thing. Um, you know, if you have, but not everyone has access to that, but those are things that you can do that are active and, you know, it's not as, uh, you don't have to think too much outside of like, you know, the direction you're going, you're just kind of moving. Um, another cool thing uh, is, is trying out a different sport. So you might say like, okay, one of our weekly activities is we're going to try out a different sport every week. So it might be like, okay, you know, maybe, you know, I've never played baseball, but you know what, I'm going to buy some gloves and, and some baseball. And obviously this requires space and equipment and money but like all right we're gonna try throwing around a baseball try you know go to batting cage um next week we're gonna toss a football around we're gonna try you know kicking a ball around so you can maybe say okay we're gonna try out try out a different sport or you know and, and learn or learn different skills or aspects of the sport um and it may not necessarily be that you want to get necessarily really good at it but even practicing skills from sports um it's great exercise and it's great for coordination uh it's potentially be good for endurance so that's another activity that again might be more fun than let's say doing a traditional workout because you're, you're trying something new so that's also another thing that might be useful um, to do as a family and, and again and a nice thing about that is let's say you know you're trying out um, a sport that you and your your kids have never done you're going to look just as bad as the kids yeah, yeah, yeah. are going to look oh, doing it so you know you're all learning together much and it, worse. Again, yeah <laughs> exactly so so it's a great way to kind of learn together um you know as, as a family and as a group. Um, so a couple other things. So now there's, as Justin mentioned earlier, there are a million digital things. So you could try maybe, you know, every, every week we're going to do a different um, streaming workout. So it might be, and I mean, you have a billion platforms for it. So for all, some that are paid, some that are not, but it could be, okay, this week we're going to do yoga. And next week we're going to do like a boot camp, And the next week we're going to do a cardio kickboxing class. So you can just take advantage of digital. So if you really don't have access to outdoor stuff, um, you know, you could do, there are any number of digital things. Um, another thing is a dance party. So like, this is what I read when I was doing some research on it. Like I wouldn't do it, but <laughs> you could do a family dance party. I think, I think, I think that all our listeners want to see you guys do a dance party. Yeah. I think yeah, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So for someone who's so, yeah, so for someone who is so coordinated, like Ryan, he is just never, he is just not into dancing. Like it must yeah, have during not, your wedding, it must have been like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, you, yeah. I guess you, not, not it was, you were inspired on another level to, to yeah, actually inspired, do a, yeah, da that, a dance in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even that went off the rails. Like I was like, I hired an instructor. I just wanted him to be like, look, just, just help me get through this dance. And then he gave us this crazy coordinated, like insane, like chore or choreographed thing. It was like, I didn't want that. I just wanted like a basic, like get, make me not look, ridiculous for my first dance so that was the whole thing in itself um so uh okay so so a couple other things um is uh so one thing couple specific one one thing a little more specific is, is i have a fun card game that i play with um with kids that i work with they love this game too uh so basically you take a deck of cards um so you know you have hearts spades diamonds clubs so you assign an exercise to each card so let's say push-ups will be hearts um burpees will be diamonds right and then you, whatever for the other ones so you you know you have your numbers one to ten um then jack is 15 uh queen is 20 king is uh 25 and ace is 30 so basically you shuffle the cards you and you hand them out so the kids draw however many cards you want to do you could do you could hand out all the cards to everybody you could do four cards at a time but the kids then get to draw the cards and then whatever the card is they've got to do it mm -hmm. so if it's if it's a, an ace of hearts they've got to do 30 push-ups 
And, uh, you know, and then, so, you know, depending on how many people are involved, you can have people that trade. So I sometimes will let them trade cards. That's so, like, fine. You know, some kid might get 30 burpees and they'll trade the 30 burpees to somebody else for like whatever, you know, 20 push-ups and, and 20 sit-ups or something. So, so that's a really fun game and kids love it. And even though I can put the hardest exercise, again, I can put burpees and push-ups and like mountain climbers and, you know, squat jumps, and they just love the fact that they're playing the game. Mm-hmm. So any kind of fitness game is really fun. And that one tends to work really well. And it's like endless fun for whatever reason the kids just love doing it so i'll just they keep wanting to play the card game um and then the other thing you could do is, is um kind of follow the leader so basically the you know you would say to your kids which again is a great way to get them involved it's like all right you get to decide the workout for today or you get to decide five minutes like you know maybe you say if there's a family of five like everybody gets to decide five minutes worth of the exercise for today so that you're you're getting everybody involved or it could be like uh, round robin so maybe you do one exercise then you know kid does another and then I do another and so we just kind of go in a circle we keep changing the exercises so there are any number of ways you can do the kind of follow the leader thing but it's a great way to then get the kids involved because you're all you know they're making decisions as well as you so it's not just you kind of deciding on everything. so you know with any of this like the more interactive you can make it and again like that's what I mean by fun is like things that are engaging so the kids like when I do the you know the card game when they act when it comes to the actual exercises they don't necessarily love the exercises but they really enjoy the aspect of it that gamifies mm-hmm. it so the more you can kind of gamify exercise for kids um you know the more fun it, it can yeah be. i actually that one those last two suggestions were great and the obstacle course those sound like really fun yeah. different sort yeah. of suggestions that are actually going to get the family engaged whereas the other ones are yeah. going to be helpful and it might be awesome for them but i feel like those other ones are really something that people are probably going to try exactly so though you know those are and and, you know, and and then some things you're going to find work some things won't but um just keep trying there's um there's tons of great products as well like you can get like um kind of similar to what i there i have um i've found like fitness dice um which are kind of fun so it's same idea where you just roll the die and and it'll tell you you know to do however whatever the exercise is so you have like tons of options um and yeah like that definitely i think those three are probably the ones that are most likely to work well with kids anyway so how do you feel um, um yeah how do you feel about blackmail like or not or, or more like less than blackmail incent more how about this let's spin it another a positive way incentives all right if you can do an extra you know an extra 20 burpees today and an extra you know 50 jumping jacks you get an extra cookie or something or something along or some some sort of are almost arbitrary incentives you definitely young- don't want to use food okay. as a reward <laughs> okay and you yeah. definitely don't want people to think that the more they work out the more they can eat and that's yeah. a bit, that's i'm thinking good. more for it for it for a very young kid or some sort of random yeah. ar- you know or arbitrary absolutely yeah uh, of course you never want to do so that here's uh, i was yeah sorry i won't mention the food thing but the like some yeah. sort of arbitrary incentive for that a kid so, might be with with any Stickers work so good for kids. Like that's yes. Like, and then, yeah. Like how many days a week did we do our workouts? You know? Well, a a dumb thing that's kind of, I maybe kind of related to stickers, but even more abstract is I would just say you get like five points. Okay. And the kids would never understand what I meant by five five points. I never tallied up the points, (laughs) but I would just say, you know, if you do whatever you get 10 points. And for whatever reason they wanted to do it because they wanted the 10 points, even though again, like there was no board, there was no, really tally of the points i didn't ever keep you know i didn't keep track of it they didn't keep track of it but for whatever reason just telling okay. them they get points it's an interesting but, but um but no, so but so to answer that so i think you know and i you know i'm not an expert i'm not a child psychologist um so i you know i i'm limited you're know, fairly limited in how i can answer but i would just say 
I would be careful about the X. So you would want it to be like a bonus. Okay. So like, let's say for screen time, like, okay, so let's say, you know, and, and, so let's say you manage your kid's screen time. So like they, you know, they get an hour of screen time a day or, you know, they get two hours a day. Now you, you, I would, what I would do is this, you separate the screen time is its own thing. The workouts are their own thing. So you don't want to make it so that you you have to exercise for screen time. I so think that's, that's blackmail is a bad thing because that's blackmail. <laughs> they're gonna look at they're gonna look at the exercise as a negative because oh well I only have to you know I have to do that for screen it, it, you know because because what they're really looking at is you're taking away screen time if they don't exercise. Yes, yes. So there could be a negative correlation there. What I would say is you might say it for a bonus. So maybe you're you know the workout's one thing, screen time's another thing. It's its own thing. You might say all right. If we do an extra circuit, let's say an extra round of a circuit, I'll give you 30 minutes extra of screen time. So in that way, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they, they haven't lost anything because they always have their hour of screen time and they haven't, they've done their exercise. So they, they, those two are separate. They're, you know, they're um, not mutually, you know, mutually exclusive. You know, you don't need one or the, you know, you, you, they're not connected in any way. But then you might say, all right, let's, if, if you guys can give me, you know, give me, 10 more burpees and you get 15 minutes extra t- screen time, then I can see how that okay. works. Cause they're already into it. They're already excited. They're already having fun. And yeah, you just gave them a bonus for doing some, a couple extra burpees. Like that's different than if you're like, yeah, you only get screen time if you exercise. Mm-hmm. So that's the only, that's the way I'd say if it's a reward that's independent of either thing, that's fine. But I just wouldn't be like, yeah, you know what? You can't have your cheeseburger unless you do your stuff because then yeah. that's going to be, yeah. Please I think never, that's problematic. Never and that creates that. A, negative, a negative association. With it too. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. All right. Um, all right, so is that any other questions or thoughts to add? If you guys, no. All right, so let's get to, so we did, we got a, um, in lieu of a Ask the Trainer, we did get a so feedback um from when we discussed uh, a while back we talked about some of the diet um programs including weight watchers and noon so um this comes from chris uh and chris says hi there i enjoy listening to, listening to tips with tony and heard the recent one where you spoke where you spoke on weight watchers and noon i wanted to let you know that i totally agree with what you said as far as weight watchers from other people that i've been that have been on it though uh though i have not but as someone who has done Noom and with my husband, and I'm currently doing it, I feel like uh, it's, it's in its own class as far as weight loss programs. I have tried many things, and Noom has definitely been a life changer as far as behavior modification. When you first start, they tell you that they don't, uh, that they don't want you on it forever, and they give you a target date, and they talk to you throughout the program about maintenance and what you can do to transform from uh, to transition from tracking your food all the time, it gives you the tools. Excuse me. <clears throat> it gives you the tools that you can then use for the rest of your life. My husband has lost fifty five pounds, and I've lost seventeen. Also, it was mentioned on the podcast that they discouraged avocados and peanut butter, etc. They don't. They just put it in a class of you need to watch your amount of that because they're um, calorie dense. Their color codes are a little different than what was spoken of on the podcast. Green meaning the least calorie dense, yellow moderately calorically dense, and red is high caloric density. They teach you not to look at food as good and bad, but how limiting you should make it. It tries to change people's binge and diet cycles by not feeling guilty. 
I've recommended Noom to so many people because it, uh, because it has been a lifestyle changer for both me and my husband. I've struggled with food issues for most of my life, and I'm finally seeing some progress thanks to Noom. Yes, you do track your food on the program so you can analyze what you're eating and make better choices, but the object of their business is to always send you off on your own with the tools you need for life. You have daily articles to read on so many topics like sleep, self-image, stress management, exercise, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Tony mentioned that she hasn't done Noom, so I just wanted to clarify some of the mis uh, misconceptions that were spoken of on the podcast. Thanks for your time. <clears throat> Thanks for the time you all spend in promoting health and fitness. Chris. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing I that. Feel, yeah. So was anything, so I, no, thinking, did we, did, does that contradict anything that we did talk about on the podcast? I actually, I remember, I don't, I said, I don't know Noom specifically. I just know people who have yeah. applied to my program and who work with me one-on-one yeah. -on -one who've mentioned that they have done Noom before and that they set their calories relatively low. Um, yeah. And I've had people come to me and just say that it was slightly confusing. So it seems like she used the program in the way that probably it's intended. The problem with group yeah. programs is that everyone has, it's open to interpretation. So it's yeah. very different than if you're working with someone one-on-one -on -one and you can really get to the root cause. I'm not sure how deep-rooted her issues go, but from my experience working with people, they have really, really like a very unhealthy relationship with food. They struggle with really, with a lot of like anxiety and depression and binging. And it's just, to me, I just don't feel like it's a universal approach for most people out there. But like anything, there, there is, like I also said, there are, Weight Watchers has helped so many people too. It's just really up to the individual so I like that it does I, like I said I haven't really looked into it in a great in great detail so that when we were talking about it, it kind of got caught me off guard but the point being is that like it you know you have to look at things as a grain of salt and and yes and then if it's you're not going to be doing it for a lifetime then you really need to make sure that you have those habits in place before moving forward but I think that's awesome if yeah. it's working for her like anything I'm yeah. never going to put down something that's going to help someone more and that's one thing I say a lot if it's helping you more than stressing you keep going but I find with a lot of those programs some it usually gets to this place of stress more than help being helpful um but she seems like someone who's benefiting from it so I think that's really great yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, think with all any diet or any program, um, there is a level of, you know, one size fits all to, to any of it. And so some people are going to benefit greatly from almost anything, um, even the ones that we really, really speak poorly about. Uh, and then, but then there are some people who really require a very tailored approach. Mm -hmm. And so I think that some people are a little bit, you know, I think some, some of it requires to be a little more self-motivated and, um, able to kind of grab the bull by the horns and, 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 and own it. And for some, you, you need some more guidance. You need somebody to really, you know, guide you along the way. So I think with all of it, and I, you know, I think we we're all pretty, all pretty much on the same page. It's like, we, you know, you kind of case by case. Um, but there are some people that require a little bit more handholding to, to kind of get through the, through some of the issues. And, uh, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, I think the more deeply, the more deep rooted the kind of emotional component of it is the the more likely that they really need somebody there to kind of um make changes and tailor it to them because some some of the programs are 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 you know they're meant for volume yeah. and they're not necessarily meant for individuals um which is where you know that like what you offer is so valuable because people that maybe can't have a hard time benefiting from something like weight watchers or, or noom will then have somebody that can really speak to them and, and work specifically with them mm -hmm. so um an interesting thing that that's often used in in advertising these and, and first off, Chris, uh, congratulations on on 
on having this work for you. That's great to hear that it is. And I hope that it continues to do so and that you, you reach sort of the, you know, the health and diet and fitness levels that, that you want to. Um, an interesting thing in the advertising that usually it oftentimes it starts with, well, I looked at the scale and this is the, you know, I, 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 or, and I weighed a lot. I looked in the mirror and I said, something has to change. Right. So I tried this and it worked right. You hear that quite a bit and sort of you're, you're sort of almost sleeping on the fact that this person says, I'm now willing to make a, a change. So oftentimes the, the, it's I'm not going to say it's almost not as much what the program is, but the willingness of the person to stick with something. And that's kind of what you guys said with the, you know, the, the individual. And yes, if there might be a perfect marriage where for uh, Chris uh, and her husband that um, uh, actually, I don't know, is uh, just to, to be sure, is, is Chris a female or, or male? Do we know? Just, just in case I, I don't want to misquote. So, I, I just made the assumption that Chris is okay. Just, but... just, just as, as a disclaimer, I'm sorry if you know, just if if we if we incorrectly assume that. But um, the uh, that that Chris uh, and her or his husband is look at, look at you being uh, woke. <laughs> just uh, look, I'm just <laughs> no. you know no, how no, it is I, nowadays. I, I, so I just, just I just want to be be, <laughs> be inclusive and fair to everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, that the that the willingness and perhaps that the the marriage with Noom that Noom for whatever fit their goals uh, fit their their strategy fit what it wanted to and for whatever reason or spoke to them in a certain way combined with their willingness to do it and perhaps it it just it, it worked out that way um, but. Uh, just though I don't want to sleep on the the willingness of the of the of the person. Well, you have to actually to do it. You have to you like have work to the program. Yes. You have to do it. So like that's yes. the difference with working with someone one on one. It's kind of like with a personal trainer, right? Like they can you can have and there are some really great like workout programs out there that if you show up and you do it and you're self motivated, of course they're going to be effective and that's you know that's awesome. But if you're not really engaged and there's no one kind of keeping you accountable and keeping you engaged then it's probably going to falter a little bit. Um, but I think, no, I, like, I think that's wonderful. If it's, if it's helping, uh, that's great. And th yeah, thank you for that clarity. Like I said, I haven't really looked into it. It was just some things that I've heard from other people. Um, so I, maybe I should look into it a little bit more. That's my dog. <laughs> oh, the dog. <laughs> um, well, How's your doggy doing? I guess that, good. Okay. <laughs> she's so crazy, but she's, Makes progress, nice. they, you know. Every day she makes a little progress, but she's still out of her mind, crazy. Um, thanks for asking. Of course. Um, but I guess so. I guess that's it. Um, uh, we'll try to be back next week. I think we're all kind of in a normal schedule now, so hopefully we get a, get a few weeks in a row where we we can record. Um, but uh, as usual, our stuff is on um, you know all social media, Instagram, Facebook. Like us, uh, subscribe if you haven't yet. Um, leave a review; those always help. Um, on Apple Podcasts, um, but I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding you that truth does not sell. But apparently, Zoom, uh, Noom. This is not sponsored. This is not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> Anything that, that right now, things that rhyme with Oom um are 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 doing real well. Um, <laughs>
Um, and I'm Tony Marinucci. Reg- oh God, now you screwed me up, Justin. <laughs> I am Tony Marinucci, aka Tips with Tony, your registered dietitian, helping you get healthy one bite at a time. And we are the Gymlets.